does it mean to be UMC? Each episode of this podcast series explores that question with clergy and laity at the East Ohio Conference sharing stories of how lives are being transformed through the ministries of the United Methodist Church. This is Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Welcome to this episode of Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation podcast. I am Bishop Tracy Smith Malone, the resident bishop of the East Ohio Conference of the United Methodist Church. The focus of today's episode is loving God, loving neighbor, building community, transforming lives. The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The clergy and local churches in the East Ohio Conference of the United Methodist Church are fulfilling this mission of discipleship by being agents of transformation, healing, and hope in their communities and throughout the world, and by being intentional in reaching all people with the love of Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this podcast today as we hear from leaders in the East Ohio Conference about how their leadership and the ministry of their congregation is fulfilling the mission of discipleship and being a prophetic witness in the world. We will hear how they are loving God and loving their neighbors, how they are building community and transforming lives. We will talk about how their local church is forming disciples of Jesus Christ, how they have expanded their reach in their community and have initiated and collaborated with other faith leaders, community leaders and civic leaders to make lives better for the people of Canton, Ohio. Our special guests today are the Reverend Don Ackerman, who is the lead pastor of Crossroads United Methodist Church in Canton, Ohio, and he also serves as the executive director of Canton for All People, a not-for-profit community organization of Crossroads United Methodist Church. Joining Reverend Ackerman are two members of his leadership team. We have with us Ashanti West and Cynthia Hammond. Ashanti is a recent graduate of the Canton for All People's Neighborhood Leadership Academy, and she was recently hired as the Canton for All People Communications Manager. Congratulations, Ashanti. Thank you. Cynthia Hammond, who serves as the housing navigator for Canton for All People for over a year, she has now transitioned to the Crossroads United Methodist Church pastoral staff as of July of this year. She is currently one of the preachers of one of their partner churches, Simpson United Methodist Church in Canton, Ohio. Congratulations, Cynthia. Thank you. I want to thank you for joining me today for this conversation. I want to welcome each of you. Thank you for being here. Let's jump right into the conversation. So, Reverend Ackerman, if you can tell those who are listening about Crossroads United Methodist Church and about the community that it serves. What are some of the core values of your ministry and what make the church's ministry vital for such a time as this? Crossroads United Methodist Church, I mean, our core values are we focus on those four focus series, the United Methodist Church, making new disciples in new places, overcoming poverty together, seeking health and wholeness for all and developing new principled Christian Leaders. Now, we do that in a pretty unique way. And the way that we kind of summarize all four of those things, we say healthy homes, 
Holy Hearts. And so Crossroads United Methodist takes on the Holy Hearts side of that. And we created a whole not-for-profit corporation to take on the healthy homes side. And for us, healthy homes uh, obviously mean specifically that, a healthy home, a good place to live, healthy food in your house, folks that are equally served by the justice system, people that are equally represented within their political communities. And Crossroads United Methodist Church did that because of what they saw in our core neighborhoods in Canton, Ohio. Now, I'm not here to trash Canton, Ohio, but I want to say, because I was born, I was raised here. Uh, I love raising my family here, but we do have some challenges. And the church had to be honest about many of those challenges. We're fourth in the nation for childhood poverty for any city our size. We have issues in our school district. We mm -hmm. saw that many uh, folks that were homeless, we see folks that are renting and the high cost of rent were living in substandard conditions with no whole heck of a lot not being done with it. And when I got appointed to that church uh, four years ago, we set a goal to be on every single street in the whole city by the end of the year. And so before church every Sunday, us and our members set a goal and we would form up outside the church and everybody would take a quadrant. We would pray over the streets. We would walk over the streets. On one of those first prayer walks, uh, we came back from that prayer walk with a young mother and her eight-month-old child was sleeping outside of the Slum Motel, then the Canton Inn on West Tusk, hmm. with nowhere to go. And that really started a whole catalyst of conversation, no longer around how could we afford a building, how could we pay for the roof, the boiler's about to broke, but what did we have within us and what mm. did the community and what did God already put in this neighborhood to help us do something about what we're actually seeing? Mm. And, you know, all but all as a result of focusing on those things that we already were. We already were United Methodists. We already mm. had this grounding in what we should be doing, you know, as a result of living out this gospel. And, well, that's Crossroads. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about Canton mm. for All People and how we've kind of grown since those initial conversations. Mm. And, and it's been a fun and exciting journey so far. I remember um, walking with you for the justice prayer walk in response to the murder of George Floyd. And as you and I were walking among the many, I can recall how you were pointing out to me different houses in the community where people were living in substandard housing. Um, you were pointing out to me where some of the drug houses were. You were pointing out to me even where many were homeless and houseless and needing food. Mm -hmm. And you were sharing your vision with me even then of what you were hoping to do and um, hoping to see happen and some of the steps that um, you were taking. So when you talk about the whole congregation being involved and in taking a quadrant, if you will, of the community. Um, that was evident to me that you were out there right there with them doing your part and making those connections as well. Absolutely. Uh, to bring that story full circle, we own some of those houses now. Wow. We own some of those houses now, uh, 18 in total. Hmm. Um, the slum motel where that child was cast out uh, with, with her mother right in front of, we bought that hotel and we tore it to the ground. Mm. And now we're in a process of by the end of 2025, we're going to build a brand new 54 unit apartment complex there of affordable living for all people, netting the community 54 more two and three bedroom units at affordable rates for that community. And no longer a facility that was trafficking women illegally in and out, trafficking drugs in and out. And but it had to take us noticing in it. And guess what? In our congregation, in our pews, 
We had folks that were already doing real estate law. We had builders. We had people hmm. who had connections, either to state representatives or folks in the local governmental level that said, hey, these are some things that I think that we could do. But it was a whole change in mindset from the church of everything that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. To everything that God has already placed hey, within resources our resources right there. Uh, asset-based mm-hmm. community development as what mm-hmm. it was from a basic church level mm-hmm. perspective. I think for a long time, our churches have been told that they're too old. They're too something. You know, they, they, they don't have enough people. They worship, you know, United Methodists. We worship a traditional way sometimes or we worship and that prevents too many things that stop people from realizing what it is that we actually had. Mm-hmm. And the things that people were actually proud of and people were more than willing to give up whatever it mm-hmm. is that they had. There's small little connections with a mayor or with a city council official or friends in the neighborhood that said, hey, we can That's partner right. together and do something about this. Mm-hmm. We could. Speaking of partnering together, describe the ministry of Canton for All People, the not-for-profit community organization. And um, when you talk about Canton for All People, talk to those who are listening about the different roles um, that your leaders have, and particularly Ashanti and Cynthia. Absolutely. So Canton for All People was started as a community development corporation, and specifically we're a community housing development organization, uh, which is a federal requirement. More than a third of our board comes from the neighborhoods in and around our church. The other folks in our leadership team are those requisite levels of expertise that help the neighborhood achieve their hopes, dreams, and aspirations. So we needed people who knew how to build things. We needed bankers. We needed lawyers. We needed people to come alongside of neighborhoods so that they could achieve their dreams of better housing and more food and and cleaner sidewalks and safer streets, things to do with their kids. And the big program that we started a few years ago in partnership with the United Way was our community organizing effort. Gino Haynes is our community organizer who started our Neighborhood Leadership Academy because one of the things we recognized out there doing this work is we're building houses as we're feeding now almost 30% of the city of Canton. We're the largest feeding partner for the whole of the Akron Canton Food Bank that people were coming alongside of us in droves. And that these were talented people and that these were folks that were not being seen by, let's just say, traditional folks. They're they're not getting the awards for the keys of the city. They're not in the Chamber of Commerce. And so Gino Haynes developed this leadership academy to say, hey, these folks down here are talented. Mm. And so we developed up this leadership academy and it's a six month course. And these people work together. They live together. And Ashanti West, my right right here, was one of our first graduates, Mm -hmm. graduated just this last May. And she can tell you a little bit about what that leadership academy is all about and heck, where it's going next. Yeah. So Ashanti, why don't you tell us what that Leadership Academy is about and what inspired you to enroll in it? Okay, so back in December, I was volunteering uh, at the Southeast Community Center. I think it was like the toys. It was our toy giveaway. Yeah, the toy giveaway. giveaway. (laughs) And I saw Don and we were talking and I was talking to him about the Greater Stark County Urban League Young Professionals and what I was doing to try to get that up and running. And he had mentioned to me that I should talk to Gino about the Neighborhood Leadership Academy, which I never heard about at all. Um, And I'm pretty active in the community and I try to always enroll in things that like 
could help propel me as a leader, just as a well-informed individual. And so I chased Gino down before he was about to leave. (laughs) And I said, I asked him and I said, you know, you know, I just got done talking to Don and I just wanted to know a little bit more about this Neighborhood Leadership Academy. I'd like to be involved. And he sent me an email signing me up and he asked if I knew anyone else. I said, I sure do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brought in my two right hand. Um, one is a family member and my other is my significant other. And we joined the Neighborhood Leadership Academy the first week in, De- in January. Mm-hmm. So tell us about it. Yeah. So the Neighborhood Leadership Academy, um, kind of like how Don said, is like a six month program. And we we dive underneath the surface about what it means to be a leader. A lot of times when you're in like a leadership academy, they talk about, you know, self-awareness and different things like that. But we talk about, you know, what motivates you to think or do a certain way. We talk about like systems based thinking assets in the community that not a lot of people might know about because we come from these neighborhoods. Um, we talk about our dreams, hopes and aspirations for what we want to see in the next six months, one year, five year, our goals and plans for our community. We've talked about everything. It literally dives beneath the surface. And it was one of the most transformational academies that I've ever been involved in. And I thank Don for for appointing me to talk to Gino and mm. Gino enrolling me into it because it, it changed my whole perspective. I learned new things about the community. Like I, you, you see me at <laughs> city council meetings. We're talking about when's the next city council meeting. We want to get involved things and stuff that if before when people would go door to door, Hey, you know, vote, um, all sorts of things. Some people might be like, Oh, well, why should I vote? Mm-hmm. It, it inspired people who were involved to be like, why should I vote to let's learn more mm-hmm. about what our city is doing on a day to day basis. So it's like an empowerment Institute. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it's good. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And w- what are some of the other um, programs of Canton for all people and how are, members of Crossroads United Methodist Church beyond the staff, how are members also engaged? Sure. Uh, one of our, our largest program in Canton for All People is obviously our housing program. And so uh, we renovate vacant housing in our core neighborhoods downtown, primarily the greater shore area. And we can get into why that is and why we focus on the shore area. But suffice it to say that neighborhood had probably the heaviest lift and the hardest challenges. And mm-hmm. we felt as a church that that's where the gospel compelled us to be. And that if the concept of Christ's incarnation in the world couldn't happen in the short neighborhood, then the gospel had no weight for us. It didn't make much sense to uh, preach the word on Sunday and drive by every day and see people's hurt and pain. And so our housing program uh, focuses on that on that neighborhood. So far, we've pulled about $1.8 million in grants uh, that we use to acquire uh, vacant houses through a number of different uh, facets and ways. We have 18 houses currently right now, six that are currently undergoing renovation, and we close on our first house that we sell tomorrow uh, with a family that is renting in a place on 6th and Shore Avenue Northwest. They're actually members of the church. And for the longest time, um, them and their kids have struggled with rats and roaches. And we had tried to buy the house, but it was unsafe and the foundation was cracked and there was nothing we can do with it. Turns out she got a promotion at her job. Mm. She was able to qualify for a mortgage with a great product in Huntington Bank. 
And thanks to the church and some money that it raised and some of the grants that we got from the American Rescue Act, we were able to renovate a house. And we sold this family at $90,000. And the East Ohio Conference gave us a grant. And we were able to provide $10,000 in down payment assistance to them. City of Canton did another five. And Huntington Bank covered their closing. Mm -hmm. So you got to imagine that this family went from renting this slum house for $780 a month to now having a turnkey house with new insulation, floors, HVAC, roof, siding, insulation, when their family of four is now moving in and their mortgage is $605 a month. Mm -hmm. Wow. They own the property. Mm -hmm. They have the say. And now their family is on solid footing. And oh, by the way, in the city of Canton, you don't have to pay property taxes for 15 years on that property. And mm -hmm. so that family can now have a good start in life. Both of their kids are third grade and younger, Izzy and, and Dorian. Uh, they're wonderful kids. They're in our kids program at the church. And, you know, they get a lease in life. And the members are out there, sewed them the drapes in the house, helped them move into the house, have prayed alongside them in their journey to be there, help them build the back porch. Our men's prayer group mm -hmm. built the back porch uh, on that house. Yeah, we do have a construction staff that does a lot of the heavy lifting. And so wow. for all of the folks in our church who said, oh, they were too old to do something, something. Not true. They can drive trucks. Young folks help them load up their trucks. They come and help literally mm -hmm. build front porches. We say the very front porch of the kingdom of God. What a prophetic witness, an example of loving God, loving neighbor, building community, transforming lives. Healthy homes, holy hearts. Is what Amen. We say. And so, Cynthia, I know that um, your role is expansive and expanding um, as part of the team for Canton for All People and for Crossroads United Methodist Church. And you served as the housing navigator. So talk to us and to those who are listening. What is that role or what has that role been and what difference has that ministry made in your life? Well, the role that I that it was when I got into it was to work with Canton for All People, their partnership with Canton City School and the families that would be identified through the school system that were either at risk for homelessness or encountering homelessness and to walk alongside with them and help them navigate the resources that we have here in Stark County. Hmm. That being said, there was no structure, so we had to build it as we go. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the Lego movie. We're building it in the air <laughs> and flying it out. And it has been very informative and expansive for me to see cycles that mm -hmm. families get into because of the challenges and the barriers that we have in our community. when. You have a eviction at 18 because you got kicked out when you got pregnant, but you've worked so hard to build a life and try to do something for your kid and then go for another apartment that is in a better neighborhood. And you're 28 years old. It's been 10 years and a landlord can actually go back that far and see that and not give you an opportunity to move forward. Mm. 
So seeing that policies need to change and letting people know that they are not by themselves, though you have to do the work, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. That has been very eye opening and has helped me to just grow in my heart Mm -hmm. and to actually search out more resources and to be honest about those resources. And when it needs to change to help empower those people, we can't just talk about it needs to be changed. We actually have to do something. Mm -hmm. We have to change the policy. We have to make sure that it's not just a handout, but it's a hand up. Mm -hmm. It's helped moving you forward. And with uh, Canton City Schools, the families, when we first started, would just flood in At one point, my first week, I had over 50 families and I had to stop them from referring because it was too much of a caseload Hmm. to try to navigate all of that. And then, you know, as families would move up to try to bring in more in order to get through everybody. What are some of the stories? Um, we talk about transformation. You can witness the difference that it's making and you know the impact it's having on your life and you can see the impact that it's having because you can see some outcomes. What are some of the transformation stories that you've had from those persons who experienced transformation? What, what do you hear? What's some of the feedback that you're getting? I, uh, I'm going to tell the story of Miss Aluna, if that's all right. We had uh, a mom and uh, her, her young daughter shop at our free store in our fresh market. And that was another program of the church, Crossroads United Methodist Church. They said we fed almost 40,000 people uh, last year alone with fresh produce. But anyway, we had this young uh, family. There's just a mom and her daughter used to come in and shop a lot. Well, we hadn't seen them in a couple of weeks. And uh, it was January. Uh, Martin Luther King Day was coming up and... Um, and we just hadn't seen them in a couple of weeks. And one of our church members got a call from Aluna's mom and said that they were in trouble. Then me and our associate pastor, Mike Farmer, were about ready to go home. It's like 445 and we're about ready to go home to go our own families. We said, oh, well, you know, Aluna might be in trouble. We better go over here on 7th Street and just make sure everything's OK. Um, we had never been to her house before. We knew that they had some issues with the house when we got there. Um, it was one of the, and I've seen a lot and there's nothing I, I can say that I haven't seen, but I walked in there and it was probably the worst house that I've ever seen. Hmm. And that's from my time in Afghanistan and Canton, Ohio. There was human feces and buckets and there was a dead rat in the toilet and there was no heat and a mom couldn't get out of the house. And this was right before the snowstorm was about to come up. And the little one, she was eight, had frostbite at the end of her hands as a result of being in this house. So me and Mike literally picked her up. And her mom, who couldn't get out of the house and put her in a church van and put her back in the church. Hmm. Fast forward, though, they that family brought so much life to that church. They literally lived in our church for three months. Wow. You would come into church on Sunday and I always warned folks, like, there's probably going to be toys on the steps if Aluna didn't <laughs> pick up her stuff. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, Aluna was the light of that church and she uh, she was in our choir. She made sure that she was there for choir practice on Sunday. She made sure that the Sunday school room was ready before all the other kids got there on Sunday. She would help with breakfast on Sunday. She would help in the free store every single day. And to this day, 
you know, we were able to successfully rehouse her with the housing authority action, Steubenville, closer with family. And she's doing quite well. But before she left, uh, we were packing up the van in Miss Aluna with all the craft supplies, random things that we have in our Methodist kids classroom, made me this little cross with all kinds of different colors of sand in it. Mm. And it sits on the pulpit to this day. Wow. As if to remind me anytime that I step into that space or we had a guest preacher last week, we had Reverend John Edgar. And I always remind people before we go up, I tell people what the cross means, what this congregation means, what we're about. And, uh, you know, Aluna was one of those people that if you go into our church, a lot of people tell you stories about uh, Aluna. She would have family game nights. We would all come in on Saturday. <laughs> but Aluna's doing quite well, doing well in school. Uh, and but the story of Aluna is a story of a lot of our wow. families. I, I, I don't know what or how many families you've housed now, Cynthia, but it's well over 50 um, families mm -hmm. just in the past year, mm -hmm. year and a half that didn't have anybody walking alongside them until mm -hmm. you came along and did it. Building community, transforming lives. Amen. Now, you mentioned about the Fresh Store. Oh, yeah. And um, I can say this on behalf of the East Ohio Conference, um, how blessed we are to be a partner in this ministry of Crossroads and um, Canton for All People. As you mentioned earlier, Pastor Don, making a financial um, investment to support this initiative. But also, too, whenever there is a local church that, for whatever the reason, has declined in such a way that it may need to close, but yet um, the legacy of that church and that community, um, but also the legacy of the building can be repurposed for further mission and ministry in that same community. And um, James S. Thomas, um, United Methodist Church, is one of those churches that had a vital ministry for a number of years and for different and varied reasons closed. However, the conference and the board of trustees through um, the initiation of the superintendent and yourself with a vision for repurposing that building to, to still be able to serve that community in the conference gave that building as a gift to Crossroads United Methodist Church so that you can expand your reach. So talk to us about that fresh store that is housed out of the James S. Thomas building that's still giving and serving that area. Yeah, the James S. Thomas story, as we call it now, Crossroads Harmon. We put on our second fresh market site, and due to the generosity of the conference, we were able to take that building. We were able to raise an additional $60,000. We were able to put a new roof in, some air conditioning, some really nice stuff for the building. Uh, that fresh uh, that fresh market uh, currently serves anywhere from three to 400 families a day. Wow. And that's about three people per family. And, and, and in that specific neighborhood, it's about 50% uh, Hispanic uh, or Latino families and only Spanish speaking folks. So we have the Reverend Jeff Conley there who is bilingual and does a really, really good job of building relationship and, and community there. He's a part there. of your pastoral team. He's a part of our pastoral team at Crossroads. And then we have, uh, he has a dinner church service out there on mm. Thursday nights of about 40 folks that gather to get together for a communion and uh, a dinner that's always good at all, every Thursday and worship and fellowship in that space. And just last Saturday, we had uh, Mud Day. It was a, it was a crossroads in Harmont. Uh, one day VBS about God's love. And we literally dug up a quarter acre of mud on that land and about 50 kids from the neighborhood and everybody came out 
just to play in the mud and let people know that they are made in God's image, that God made dirt, made it good, <laughs> made them, <laughs> made them good. And we had a ton a ton uh, of fun with those kids of popsicles and everything else. And so, you know, that, that building is done. I mean, not just the building, but the people in it, the community that's rallied, rallied around uh, that building. It's a new faith community that's come out of result of, of doing that. So Amen. It's been great. It really is. I would say just to add to that about Harmont is the people don't just come for the food. Once they get there, it is really a community within itself. Mm. They have come and been able to get help about the schools because the parents only spoke Spanish, but they weren't literate enough to write it. And Pastor Jeff Conley was able to navigate that for them. There's been people that have come in just to get prayer because a family member was going to actually go in for being hospitalized and everything. And once they started the dinner church, the community really rallied around and said that we want to make sure that this service continues because it was such an amazing fellowship to have people come together to bring food and to just have a time to talk to share their concerns and their blessings with each other and to see other people from their neighborhood that they might not have met and actually sat down with. So I've gotten a chance to actually be over there for a little bit and seen it. And it's just an amazing mm -hmm. ministry to see. That's been my favorite. We got uh, a couple grants to start dinner church over there mm -hmm. that ran out. And we kind of let that congregation of 40 folks know that, Hey, we, we were kind of, out of money and we, we, we're not quite sure where to go next. And they kind of looked back at us and went, we didn't need the money to begin with. We'll just make dinner. <laughs> and so, and so like, wow. well, thanks. I appreciate that. And so it's kind of continued on. I remember going out there on a Friday before the store is about to open and this uh, young Latino woman was in there making dinner for all the volunteers just for, just because she had come in, she had gotten food. So she wanted to give back to the people that had helped. And she gave me these delicious tacos and I'm eating them. I said, these are really good. And she goes, well, good. Cause they're beef tongue tacos. And I went, Mm. Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah, well, amen. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. I'm like, I, you should put that up front. I mean, in writing. But that was something. Yeah. That was, you know, cro crossing barriers there. Crossing <laughs> cultural barriers. I can, yeah. Jesus did. I ain't going to cross it again. But like I did it Transforming lives. Transforming yes. lives. Like, yes, yes, yes. I know that there is so much more that we can talk about and um, that you can share about how Crossroads United Methodist Church and Canton for All People, how you are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, how you are building community and helping to build healthy homes and healthy families, how you are transforming lives. And I'm wondering, with all that is happening... I know that Ashanti is the communications manager. How does the story get told? How do you wrap all of that up? All that is happening. There's so much going on. How do you tell the story? That has been the biggest challenge, but also blessing at the same time. Um, because even in one day, you hear so much. And so... Our strategy moving forward is we'll be releasing newsletters. Possibility of a podcast. Yes. Podcasts. 
So this is this is coming, um, <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> and then just trying to increase our amount of posts and storytelling on social media. Um, so really, it's just trying to soak in as much information that I can <laughs> and just share it. Mm-hmm. So if people want to learn more about Crossroads United Methodist Church in Canton for All People, how do they contact you? CantonForAllPeople.org has all of our programs and everything on there. Shanti's done a fantastic job building uh, much of that website and getting it up and, and running. Uh, that's our best site. Our Facebook page keeps regular updates of everything going on. He said we are going to have a newsletter really soon. But I've found, you know, we're new at this. We're only about a two-year-old organization, but growing really quickly. I was having a conversation with some of our major foundation chairs and political officials downtown to remain nameless. And they said, this is, you guys are the best nonprofit we've never heard of. (laughs) And I had to stop, you know, and I take that, you know, you know, backhanded compliment there just a little bit. and, uh, And I take that and I say, you've never heard of us. But 30,000 people in the city who come through our buildings every year have. Mm-hmm. I need you to see them, too. And I understand we, we do need to work on sure. informing people. You know, But when it comes to people who know about Crossroads or Canton for All People, mm-hmm. it is word of mouth. It is people when we walk down 6th Avenue Northwest and the woman comes out of her house and she goes, oh, pastor, my son's. Girlfriend just left him. You need to come in the house and see him. He's so depressed. You can then you can't go one block down the street without somebody coming out of their house and flagging you for something. When's the fresh market open? Do you have any rentals available? Do you have this thing? Pastor, when's church? You know, when that happens, hmm. people know that, that that's been the really amazing thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And how can people volunteer if those who are listening, learning about your ministry and um, how expansive it is and the difference that it's making? And if they say they want to volunteer, how might persons make themselves available to volunteer? Click that little volunteer button on CantonForAllPeople.org. You get a little volunteer interest page comes up. It takes 20 seconds to fill out. That comes to myself and Shanti and Mike Farmer. And we would love to plug you into one of those justice-seeking ministries that your heart's telling you need to be a part of. Amen. I want to thank each of you for joining us for this conversation. Um, The vision of this East Ohio Conference, um, as we seek to fulfill the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, is for us to help to resource and equip every local church to build their capacity to be disciples, to make disciples, to mature disciples of Jesus Christ, to be agents of God's healing and transformation in the community and throughout the world, and to reach new people, younger people, diverse people. And you're doing it. And you are a shining light, a shining example of what discipleship and prophetic witness look like. So I just want to say thank you for your leadership, for your ministry. And I hope that those of you who are listening today, that you heard something or you felt something that inspired you, that encouraged you. And to learn more, visit www.cantonforallpeople.org. We encourage you to support 
this ministry, to pray for this ministry, and even to volunteer if you feel so inclined. Take care and may God continue to bless you in your leadership, in your ministry, wherever you are serving Christ in your field. You can learn more about the East Ohio Conference by visiting our website at www.eocumc.com or by finding us online at Facebook at facebook.com slash EOCUMC, on Instagram at EOCUMC, or on Twitter at East Ohio UM.